0: Alright, Zig coming in on the top. Today on the show we have Mike Miller of Endless Mike and The Beagle Club. An amazing singer-songwriter out of Johnstown, PA. Mike is playing at Dakota in Tremont on April 2nd. I recommend, if you can, go see him at this gig. It's going to be a solo show. Um, we're going to listen to his full band, but uh, the songwriting's there, man. you got to check this guy out. When Mike reached out, I didn't realize he uh, he was a soggy dogger. <laughs> That's a weird one to say. but if uh, my friends from Lakewood who might have checked out the uh, the Matt Sherman lowercase roses episode, you guys know of the magic that was the soggy dog. It was just a local DIY venue and uh, it's still showing like with this episode. So um I was super I was super amped up to talk with Mike. We had a, we had a schedule and it kept getting bounced back and forth. And uh, we locked it in, and this is our chat. But before that, let's listen to a let's listen to a track off Saint Paul. We're gonna listen to Saint Paul off Saint Paul, because uh, in our conversation, I get music nerdy on him about this and like ask him to explain some of the layers. So here we go. Um, Endless Mike in the Beagle Club, Saint Paul off Saint Paul. St. Paul, all St. Paul, Endless Mike, and the Beagle Club. April 2nd, Dakota, Tremont, Ohio. Make sure you guys check it out. Um, So, yeah, we're going to get into this conversation. And uh, if uh, you can, find it in your hearts to, like rate review subscribe to the podcast on one of the many podcast platforms it helps me keep talking to cool guests like Mike and sharing their insights with you without further ado here's my conversation with Mike how did you how did you come across the show
1: uh i know matt Sherman. oh no oh. way okay matt and the- i saw that and i saw that he was on it yeah and um i was actually i was looking to i was looking for was going on a plane trip so I was looking for podcasts to download, and I found his and the one with um, the guy from the Smoking Popes, and I was like, oh, this is, you know, I'm going to be in Cleveland. This is a cool show. Maybe maybe I can get on it.
0: <laughs> Hell yeah, man. Oh, cool. Oh, Matt's such a cool dude. And, like, he moved out to, a, did you know him from Cleveland, or did you know him from Philly? So I don't know him super well, but I know him from those Cleveland Soggy Doghouse days. Let's Let's get into the Soggy Dog. So, what what brought you to the Soggy Dog? Well, uh, we just on tour. We you know we played there a bunch of times. We
1: would usually either start tours or end tours there. You know, yeah. if we were going west, or uh, even going, going west and then heading south and stuff like that. Yeah, we would just we just somehow got I don't know. We would have somehow just got booked, you know, to play one of their basement shows. And then we ended up knowing all those guys that did like the DIT fests and the stuff in Kent and the Berea fest, like that kind of scene. So what, like 2006? Yeah, even later. Yeah, somewhere yeah. around there.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right. So, in was it what what was it? Endless Mike that was touring. Was that the group or was this a different group?
1: No, this was the Beagle Club. Yeah. Okay. This was the Beagle Club. We've been doing this on and off for since a little before then. Okay. Up until now, it's just
0: been always kind of, always kind of there. <laughs> gotcha. Man, like, when you sent me your music, I, li- I listened to St. Paul first, and I was like, holy shit, this is such a good record. It, like, how it's produced, all the songwriting, everything is layered so perfectly. Like, that's been my jam since since I was like, sure, let's talk, you know? <laughs> and, awesome. But um. Thanks. So like w- with with like how a project like the Beagle Club comes together like it's so layered in particular even going through the the uh, the other Spotify that had the the other the, the older music. Mm-hmm. Uh, on a side note, is there a reason for that? Or was that like a the, the reason they're split like that? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. The late AF Records put up St. Paul, and they put it up first, and we didn't have a Spotify, oh. and then I, and then I was like, oh, you know. Uh, okay, fine, I'll put up the old stuff, you know, eventually. When we started, like, being kind of active again, I was like, all right, we'll put the old stuff up. Because the next oldest thing from St. Paul was from 2008. You right. know, so yeah. they never put anything else up. And then I put it up, and then they were going to, like, combine them. And I think, you know, they wrote to Spotify to get them combined, and I guess it just never happened.
0: Okay, okay, because, like, <laughs> I was like, what, what like, there, there was that point where getting on Spotify was like, uh, it wasn't possible. You know what I mean? Like you had to know someone or pay someone to do it. And like right. and then eventually, I don't know what the platform became easier to work with or whatever, but um, it well, seems. All those like
1: distributors, yeah. You could just like send your stuff and it goes everywhere.
0: Right. Like the distro kit or the yeah. CD baby yep. bought into it. Yeah. yeah. And like, okay. All right. Cause like, I was like, I was like, oh, they only got one record, and it's fucking amazing. And then I'm like, oh wait, there's another link, <laughs> and like, yeah. but that seeing the progress from those early works leading up to this makes sense. Now, like, what kind of bands were like influencing this kind of wall of sound? I I don't know that it was so much like. So
1: I'll tell the story that you know, and I, uh, I I was I was in a band, And we were a four piece, it's like a you know emo punk band kind of thing you know and um and then I, but i was also writing these little like acoustic songs on this on the side the ones that turned into like the first beagle club stuff and my friend was like hey you're writing this solo stuff why don't you play this show i'm throwing a show this was in johnstown pennsylvania where i'm from i was like okay so I, i'll play the show but then like two nights before, he was like, ah, That whole show is going to be, he was like, Still good for the show. And I'm like, Yeah. And he's like, Cool. It's going to be all like acoustic singer songwriter stuff. And I was like, Oh, no. <laughs> that's, that's super boring. So I was like complaining about that to all my friends. We were out and about. And I was like, Well, let's go. We'll go back to Joe's house and we'll start and I'll show you guys how to play these songs. And so, like, all my friends were in their own bands too. Right. So these were all people that were in different bands that could play instruments and stuff. So we just got together and, played these songs and it just started and it was super fun. And it was really fun to do it that way too, to just kind of like, Hey, do you want to learn these songs and play with us this time? Sure. And it sort of turned from being just me to turning it into like, anytime I would say, okay, I have a show this night, you know, do you guys want to come or do you guys want to play it? There would be this big pool of people that knew how to play instruments and knew these songs and all my friends and stuff and people that didn't know how to play instruments, but they were like, yeah, I'll play it. Let's go. You know, we'll do something. <laughs> And it eventually turned to like when I would put that out, like, hey, okay, I'm actually going to go on tour. Like, who wants to come with me? That, you know, 10 people would say, yeah, I'll come. Then there were just 10 of us. So we just, it just kept building it. That's just kind of on its own turned into that. It was never the idea of like, let's have a huge band. It was always just like, do you want to play? And then when, if whoever said yes, I'd say, yeah, all right, come on. So if that meant 10 people, 12 people, then it meant we had 12 people, you know? Yeah. We went on, we on tour towards a 16-piece once.
0: <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs>
1: yeah. It was the best. That's you know? amazing.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, it, that's a really cool, like, one, because I I, I I host a lot of mic nights, you know, and there, there's a thing with, like, yeah, come on up. Let's see how it goes. You know, there's, like, this – it becomes a communal effort, and I can see, yeah. like, that the singer-songwriter thing um, – I did my first, actually, this week, uh, uh, I don't know if you've ever done one of them, the songwriter round things where you sit in a line of people and uh, like they're like, this song sure. was about my male guy's daughter and, you know, this, like, they explain it and then they play it and then you have to, and, like, I was really bad at explaining stuff so I just started, like, trying out bits and telling random stories, you know. But, like, it's such a it's such a weird, like, it's I mean that's almost cool cuz you're kind of doing it with people. Like, you know what I mean, but like yeah. It, the the solo thing is it can be so alienating in a way. But when you do it yeah. like that when it becomes like a fun communal effort, now it's not like come see me play in the, uh, the dominoes restaurant whatever, you know. <laughs> right. for 4 hours, not that that's what type of gigs you were doing, but like, you know what I mean, like that's that's a really cool like way to test the water is just like And have fun with it.
1: Yeah. We had a really great scene, like a really, really great scene to where it was, you know, you could start a band and then play a show like the next show that was coming up. And there would be like, you know, 200 kids there and everybody knew each other and everybody was willing to like go along for the ride, you know. That's
0: amazing.
1: So it was really born could have only been born in that scene at that time like with all those people and everybody willing to like yeah let's just try it everybody get it you know what i mean because it was hard it was kind of like odd to explain to people and would go out of town you know
2: yeah
1: Um, but it made total sense like the first day that we did it in johnstown like because everybody knew who everybody was and it was cool to see like oh this guy from that band's playing in it tonight that's awesome Do you know what i mean like it was like it just it it was really natural and it just made total sense Yeah, yeah. From from the first, from the very first.
0: And I I don't know, there's something beautiful when uh, a solo show, which everyone has the right in, like, uh, you know, it's equally as beautiful to do, but to make it that group effort, now everyone's involved in this thing, like, uh, and it it just amplifies it in a different way. Yeah. Now, through this kind of, like, period of, like, welcoming almost anyone who would be down to play with you, was there, like, a handful of people that really stuck the mold like made made the song like fit that you continued to work with through this experimental era or did it oh, always just kind of come and go
1: no no very much it was it, it kind of evolved pretty quickly into being the like okay it's just my band and if if there are it's only my band and everybody else is just there for the night to be in like you no, know, we're all in this band. Like, even if you can't play this show tonight, like you're still in the band. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'd still be playing a solo set, and but it would be still part of that band. You know. But yeah, there was definitely like a core core that worked towards arranging the songs and 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 took that part of it seriously too. Right? within like the next batch worth of songs. Like there was that first batch of songs that I had just written. And then moving forward, everything from the Husky Tenor record forward was like my brother, Matt, very much so. And he was in the band that I was in when I started the Beagle Club. And I was like, it was even part of it was like when I was writing those songs, I'd be like, what do you think about like this kind of stuff? And he was like, I don't really want to play. Like, I'm not real interested in like, just like the simple kind of like, whatever. Like, I think you should just do your own thing. But then as it moved, like he, and even when we first started started he was still just like this is so cool to just watch like i think i'm just gonna not be a part of it but by the time it got to the husky tenor thing i had worn him down and then he was there and he was like he was right there, like arranging with me and stuff too he's like, a huge part of the, the, we were talking about like the wearing of it and stuff like that. That was him just being like, you know, if we've got all these people, if we have three guitars, like this song should have three guitar parts. Like let's, let's write some parts, you know, Right. If we know people that play strings and horns, like let's put some strings and horns parts. Like, but and even just like the handing out that we, we had literally like a crate of like shakers and tambourines that we would like, that would be on the side of the stage. So even if people didn't think they were going to play, it'd be like, hey, come on up if you want to, you know? That's, that's, and, and even those, like when it came time to write songs and put new stuff together, Matt was like, you know, we got this like, sec- you can make this like a section. We'll make this like a percussion section. So he was hugely in on that. My friend Davis plays the drums and he recorded everything except for St. Paul. He, re- he, he, had re- he had recorded, he was the producer and all that stuff. So we would listen to those songs forever. Getting them right, you know, he was a huge part of it. He plays the drums in the Beagle Club live and on the records too. But he can play everything too.
0: That's amazing. Our- that's so cool. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you. I mean, I like, that's, I, it's 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 really interesting because like, just kind of like, um, picking apart how like music works in in the brain, right? Like. There's this uh, when we sing together. There's this uh, chemical released called uh, not serotonin, um, oxytocin, which is like released when you're in love with someone or when you uh, have like this uh, romantic connection, right? And yeah. like to include people in the show like that, that makes them part of it. They're singing with you. They have that percussion bucket on the side. Though, like most people are like, ah, I'm doing it wrong. There's two people doing it right, so you're wrong. Things right, buddy. Like you're doing that's quarter it. note triplets. How about that? <laughs> like, that's it. But that's that's it's so the, the, this beautiful organic like process of how this like team came together. Um, sorry, I think I cut you off. Were you going to say someone else?
1: everybody brought something to it you know cody plays the bass and he was always he always drove the van too so he was very like crucial (laughs) yeah he was crucial and task oriented like that and and um everybody that john that would arrange the strings and could play the strings and could play everything and he would run around on stage and change instruments in the middle of it to like every single person that to play the, the percussion, the, the backup singers, the organs and the keyboards and the, everybody. Everybody that was ever in it was had a part in it, for sure. And when we did We Are Still at War, it was actually recorded live. And there are like 16, 20 people on some of those songs. And, and we worked those songs out in the space, the big like art space that all the shows were in Johnstown just like for a month leading up to it, we worked them out. So everybody had their part on it.
0: So, Was it recorded yeah. there? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. So yeah. Tell me about the, what's the art space that all these, like what, what was, what was your soggy dog in Johnstown?
1: They were, at first it was fire halls, you know, and yeah. like rental, rental halls, community halls and stuff like that. Those were the, that's where all the magic was, where it all came up and started to be. And in the later years, um, there was a, there was a warehouse that got rented out and um, called 709 railroad street. And it was like a warehouse and they changed it into um, like an art space too. And it was really great, but it was towards that was sort of towards the end. And that's where um, the, the Beagle club record was recording stuff, but it it was all really built up from these little fire halls and community rental halls and stuff. And the reason they got them was like, well, we're going to have a place that's our own, you know, and, uh, and it was great. I mean, it was really great. But people started getting older and moving out, and there weren't any new kids moving into it. I think there's a lot of factors about, why scenes cycle and come and go,
0: you know? Right. Well, yeah, definitely, especially, like, I don't know, especially in a—I don't know if there's, like a I, I don't know Johnstown too well, but, like, when people move to go to college and, like—and, you know, like, it's—there's that magic moment, I feel like, in every—unless it's, like, a city, you know what I mean, like, that like, out of, like, in, in a suburb or whatever, like, the, it doesn't really, it it catches on and then fades out, then I think there's a fire. There's always someone that was, like, super young at one of those shows that wants to start it back up. Like, did you ever play any of the, the, Berea, the Berea Fest shows out here? We
1: never played at Berea Fest. No, okay. we played at the um Do It
0: Together Fest. Yeah, yeah. Which we did was, those. Yeah, they were great. Is cool, yeah. But, like, man... I only I only caught a few Berea fests, but I would love to have another one. You know what I mean? Like so like and, and I think that's the thing, being there and being like, What's going on? Oh, we don't do that anymore? Uh like Yeah. Yeah. It was that that was the,
1: that was that same scene, like it was the same bands and that was a really cool time Because there were a lot of bands like and we were a part of it, you know, and that was really cool to have friends from all over the country and meeting people and running into people and yeah. That was one of my favorites. Was the DIT scene for sure?
0: Community is so like so important for anyone that's like trying to like express themselves in other ways. In any ways, I mean, like and just find a group of people. that are like, yeah, I kind of want to try that too. Like that exception of like, oh, they're writing a song. I'm to listen. Uh, you know, just having a, a, a quarter of the world where that happens and allowing that to happen. Like I had a really a really interesting um uh happening I, w- I went with my girlfriend to a drag show. I don't know if you yeah. ever been to one but like yeah. okay yeah it was super fun and like man they just got tips like the whole time and I'm like I'm in the wrong business. <laughs> you know what I mean yeah and like but at the end of it uh the queen that was running it was like thank you for coming out and supporting local drag. And I was like That in my mind, I was like, we're all doing this. That's that's the music community. That's the comedy community. Wherever, like, it's just such a blessing and like such a magic moment to have a group or anyone that comes together to support you trying to express yourself. And if it's a nurturing ground, like like it sounds like that you guys made or like the Soggy Dog made, where it sprouts out and the roots roots grow and connect. It's such a magic thing. Um, It's the bat. It's the what. It's the best. (laughs) For sure. Oh, man. So, okay, so from recording that, like, and did your brother help with St. Paul? Did he help with a lot of layering with that? Or was that working with, uh, because you worked with Chris of Antiflag on that, yeah?
1: We did work with Chris from Antiflag on that. We had had started to record it before AF wanted to put it out. So we, we had a really good idea of what we wanted it to sound like. So most of the most of that uh production and and the layering and the, the the arrangements and stuff like that yeah most of that was us and matt and quite but quite a bit of it was still chris too because then when we got together then it was another you know another uh head in there to come up with more ideas and change things up and stuff so yeah
0: so like when when did the af even become aware like was that through touring with a 16-part band occasionally and hitting all these DIY spots? Like, how did that how did that connection come?
1: Christo, who is the label manager for AF Records, lived in Johnstown for a while. Uh, again, that was towards the end of, like, when there was a really great scene, but I knew him a little bit through that. And so he already knew who we were. He had seen us okay, before. Okay. And then he took over AF Records, and then, you know, it had been those years in between where we weren't playing, but then we started playing up again. And um, my friend Derek is in the Homeless Gospel Choir, and he was he was signed to AF Records. And we were playing this show that my friend Rob is going to be playing with me at the Coda show in Cleveland.
0: That's right, on April 2nd? The ghost,
1: yeah, yeah. He does the thing called the Ghost right? And he had also, he was throwing this, like, multi-venue kind of fest in, in Pittsburgh. And so Derek and Stowe came to see us play at that. And after we were done, he was just like, I, I want to put your record out. Like, you want to put a record out, put it out with me. We're like, all right, cool. Nice.
0: And, like, so from that experience, like, working with Chris, like, what was, like, some, like, insights, like, in, in, looking at it with our, at least his perspective of it, like, what were some lessons learned from, like, organizing what you guys had with him?
1: It was a lot of trying to... Accommodate getting the people in and out of this studio to do their parts. Mm. Like I was there every day, you know. Yeah. And, um, but that it was me and him. Me and Chris were there every day, and every other day was, okay, today's drums. So we got to make sure Davis is here for today and tomorrow, and let's work on these parts with these songs. So everything was done like in, in sections. Um, but what was really cool about it was that he was able to keep that all really organized. Mm-hmm. Like, he knew what was needed on every song and when to bring. Like, all right, tomorrow we should do these ones. So whoever you need for that, bring them in. You know what I mean? And yeah. he worked really he worked really fast, too. Like, he would be able to catch it really fast. And he was also super uh, enthusiastic and, and funny and fun the whole time. So the whole thing was really fun. Like, he was real... He kept everybody's spirits way up. He was like, (laughs) you can see him like, he'd be like cheering you on through the booth and stuff like that. It was awesome.
0: Well, that I think that that picks up on the record, man, because it's as soon as that first song intro, "The Philosophy," which is like one, an amazing title for a song. Like, (laughs) I clicked. I'm like, yep, I'm I'm already in. And like, but that it it hits like it's bumping the whole time. And like, there are slower songs, but even like. I, I don't know. So that that's interesting that 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 was in the studio, too, just from the guy producing it. That's badass. Um, yeah. OK, so like as it like he's does, is he mapped it mapped out is like is he writing in what he needs or is it just kind of like you're seeing it unfold? Like, does that make sense? That question like is does he have a chart? He's writing like, OK, we need this and this today. And- yeah, they they have a that's where anti-flag
1: does their work too and where they would demo stuff out and and even when they I guess they made some records there too. If they have they don't use that space anymore. They're they're starting up a new one. Like they're building up a new space now. But they had like a big whiteboard on the wall and it was like a chart and it would have the song and then across the top it would say what all needed to go on them. You know, and we would just put little check marks until the whole board was filled in with check marks and by the time it was done all those little x's on there it looked crazy because there's so many parts and so many different songs and stuff so it was really that was really funny
0: like because even like thinking of like an, a song like intro to philosophy when it drops up and you sing the, the line nashville and you get the lap steel guitar in there mm-hmm. or the or the pedal steel um like is that part written like that like did you know a guy or is that like something he suggested or like
1: That was written. That was on the very first demo that I did when I gave it to Matt and Davis. Like I made it drop out and turn into that little part. And so that's what I mean. Like having so many people, you know, you can do that kind of stuff. And try to make it fun. You know, when I write these songs, there's that song has three chords. It's got the fourth there at the end, but it's just a three chord song. But, you know, you got all these people, you can do all these tricks. (laughs) There's a a bunch of cool stuff in that like that. There's a part where they play Stars and Stripes forever. Yeah. (laughs) There's that. yeah davis's little marching beat there there's yeah every everything has a different little yeah the, 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 that was all that was all mapped out or at least talked about like when we gave chris the demos and then we listened to them together it's like okay. all right, that part should do that. the guy that actually plays the steel on that is that's justin francis that played that and he mixed the album oh okay and so we sent it to him in Nashville, and he just put that part on there.
0: <laughs> Sick. Yeah, yeah that's because uh, it's interesting. Like the um, the the complexity and layeredness of like the music matches like the density of the lyrics in a way. Like that that being like a key. Like oh, you say Nashville, there's that sound. But like just the songs themselves are are like fascinating enough and are well written enough that they can hold on their own. But like going through like mentally like listening to the record and like trying to analyze the lyrics as they happen like oh that's a that's they're all like these beautiful like nuggets of like thoughts and like that matches the music with it and like i don't know yeah. maybe as the as a, a musician like I, my mind's just like dopamine now like oh that's cool that's cool that's cool oh i see what, <laughs> oh, okay that's yeah you know what i mean like no that's great
1: that's great that's the yeah we always we just like that kind of cool stuff matt especially but i mean and and me yeah we just love that kind of stuff so any chance you get to put something like that in there we do
0: it (laughs) because like one one in particular that really music nerded out like i had to go around and show my friends check this out was in saint paul at the very end when you get to the 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 gospel like upbeat choir it's you know he's just a man, and like the the bass is walking up, doo, 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 sure. doo, and like the call and response, and then when you end on a plagal cadence, like a a four one, or and like it's like amen, which is that cadence. I was like, oh, lyrically that fits, <laughs> musically that fits. That's so cool. That's one of those. That was one of those ones
1: that's like this could be, but now nah, let's do it. Like <laughs> you, you kind of have to. <laughs> it's a bit much, but let's go for it. <laughs> That, that song in particular, the first time I played it for them, Cody was like real serious. Listen to it, you know, just a demo. Of me yeah. pounding on out on a piano, and he just goes, "Okay, yeah, I think we can pull that
0: off." <laughs> <laughs> all right, or I think we can get away with that, or something like that, you know? Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like uh, in <laughs> any in any other context where like maybe you're just putting all these things in, it could seem cliche and unauthentic. But how you guys do it is true to the song and true to the, the tone of the group and, and the lyrics. And like, uh, it, it just, it hits perfectly. And like, it's, Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. That's awesome. That's awesome that he was like, yeah, we can pull it off. <laughs> like,
1: yeah. I, I think we can get, we can get away with that is what he said. I, yeah. We could, we could get away with that. I <laughs> Matt wrote the, the, so he, ch- Matt changed some of the words to the calls and responses, like to some of the things that the, the choir says. And the choir, that was like, we put out an open call. Yeah. Hey, we're going to be here. So, you know, if you play a weird instrument and want to be on the record, or if you want to sing in a choir on a gospel song about punk rock, then like, come on down and, uh, yeah, so that was a bunch of people that just kind of, a lot of them just showed up. We knew the, most of them, not all of them.
0: <laughs> That's got to be cool, too. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I saw the thing in the paper. Did any yeah. of those guys stick around that you didn't know from that <laughs> initial call? Do they come back? Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but one thing, this is really funny. There was one kid that was there and he was looking around and they had all their like road cases, spray painted, you know, anti flag. And, and stuff, because it's like I said, that's their practice space, too, is where we recorded it. And this kid was like, why does everything say anti-flag? <laughs> and Chris goes, because that's my band. I mean, that's the <laughs> band I'm in. I'm in anti-flag. This kid was just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you... Our friend Jody came and she was like, she was super cool about it the whole time. Didn't say anything to any of us either. And at the end of it, she goes to, she goes up to Chris and she was like, listen, this is really weird and nerdy, but I have this picture of you and me from when you played a club log. I got my picture taken with you when I was like 14 and he was like, let's take it again. <laughs>
0: that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so cool.
1: Man, that's okay. You hear know her on uh, St. Paul, she does the real high stuff. Oh, okay. Okay. That's Jody. Yeah. And she's, uh, she's in, um, try to see your life as a whole as well. The one with a H H O L E. She's yeah, in yeah. that song
0: badass oh uh, yeah that that record's so cool um and rapping it with one that really stuck out as well to me was that that last song with that like piano loop now was that a loop or was that just recorded
1: wait no that was a loop okay. and that was that was chris's idea that okay. was definitely Dose's idea and he was like we're going to make it sound like, I don't remember why, but it was a discussion of like, we we're just talking about like format and that it was going to come out on vinyl. And we were excited to put a record out on vinyl. And he was like, he, it was supposed to make it sound like your CD is skipping on your vinyl record <laughs> or on your, on your Spotify. Like you're supposed to be like, oh no, my CD is skipping. <laughs> Even though your chances are you're not listening to it on a CD. Yeah.
0: Well, that's going to be weird when someone like, I don't
1: get so just that, that is, just that is that and yeah. then but then the rest of it was really me playing it. Okay, okay. He just like chopped the very intro. Yeah.
0: That was, okay, intro like that that I think worked really well, especially especially with the the content the lyrical content that came later. Um mm-hmm. speaking of are you are you a Twilight Zone guy? Oh
1: yeah. Yeah. It's the best.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Likewise. Was it when it, when you had that Rod Sterling quote? I was like, "Oh okay. I'm I'm already sold on this now. <laughs> like, <laughs> cool. Um, my buddy, he's got a band called the Neener Niners. His name's Johnny Haboo. Um, okay. I don't know. Have you kind of crossed paths with that cat?
1: No. <laughs> okay. Tell me about the Niner Niners.
0: They, they it's all songs based off Twilight Zone episodes, right? And like like I of the Beholder, like all those like titles themselves <laughs> are just like good lyrics. Had they not been TV shows, you know? <laughs> For sure. Or scripts. But um, oh yeah.
1: It just deals with the truth. The Twilight Zone's all just—it's—it's just about the truth. So I can see how, yeah. And it's—it's punk rock, because
0: he had to hide it, you know. Yeah. Like,
1: there's a clip from him on YouTube, on some that I saw on YouTube, and it was on a a very, you know, like a interview show on TV, and he's in there and he's talking about that. He's like, television could actually do something to like change this medium could be something that could like change our consciousness. This could change our way of dealing with each other for the better. And we're gonna ruin it. It's good and this was like in such the early days of television. He right. was like, this would be so great. And I he's like, but I promise we're gonna ruin it. Like we're gonna blow it. He's like, somebody's gonna be telling a story about. About the truth and about the truths in our hearts, and then a dancing uh box of soap detergent is gonna interrupt it to try to sell you something and it's gonna just be pointless. He's like, We're gonna ruin it. It's it's awesome.
0: <laughs> he was so right too. Like the yeah. internet's just that, but hyped up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that but that's that's the beauty of that show, like when you dive into like classic episodes like the eye of the holder or or the one where like they're telling this narrative and you find spoilers i guess but you find out it's like all these toys in a trash can and like just all these like subtle twitch twists that make this uh belief like the suspense of disbelief become in focus you're like oh shit and like it's amazing that that even was a tv show especially back then with like how like like uh forward thinking these like scripts were and these stories are and like the only thing that was dressed up was like oh it's a, it's a dude wearing like an alien mask or like or some obscure way of looking at it like it it's amazing right. yeah it's amazing that truth has to be decorated yeah <laughs> like yeah um but anyway um so yeah that song's amazing <laughs> the Neater Neeners, johnny habu that group would like they would do, they were just the most wild. He would stack up his bass player and on his shoulders with his sax player on top of his bass player on his shoulders. And he's just like one of those cats that did everything. Like he was a comedian, an author, a comic book artist and he had this wild band. Um but uh <laughs> um okay, so like let's kind of dive into like the process for bringing a song to the level that you present it to the group. So do you okay. have like a do you have like a process of songwriting? Because if you're coming from like this kind of emo group and just trying out like these acoustic songs, like uh, or like acoustic piano, because what 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 exactly is your main? Is it piano or guitar? You feel it's guitar. My it's guitar. Is, okay. It's
1: like like I can I can pretty confidently say that I know how to play the guitar, whereas the piano, like I can just I can play what I what you've heard recorded okay. about it. That's- but I'm getting—I got a little better over the pandemic, you know. I played it all the time, so I might be there now. But it's all self-taught. It was—it was, but it was guitar first for sure.
0: Okay, it's weird. Piano, like, p- p- uh, like comping yourself on a guitar, I, to me makes more sense because I'm a guitar guy. But like, when you're playing piano, you gotta think of inversions. You're like, well, you don't just block it like you do on a guitar. We're like, I'm here, I'm C. Now I'm an A minor. Like on right. piano, you gotta be like, well, I gotta move one finger. And now it's A minor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you know what i mean there's like more there's more yeah. thought into it in a way
1: i i certainly started out playing it like a guitar player you know and it would be like the where it was just like octave chords like every everywhere you know and then but i'm starting to figure yeah that's what i've figured out during the uh the pandemic here gotcha. inversions okay. and
0: stuff <laughs> yeah what'd you do can i how, what did you like a, did you look up like just songs and tear them apart and like because i i haven't found like a good like i started looking up like piano singer songwriters and just trying to look at the progressions and like figure that out, but like, I still, I'm still like pretty. <laughs> I wouldn't record my piano playing.
1: <laughs> no, I don't know. I just would kind of mess around and move things around, and oh, okay, wait, that makes that's this would obviously be an F two.
2: Okay. All right,
1: because I know these three notes make
0: an F, so that's it. All right. Oh, here's one, and then just I don't know. Yeah, no, no just kind of it apart on my own, yeah. But, um so like when it comes to songwriting like when did you like do you have like a a practice that you do and like is it just inspiration in like like you get the you get the, like the Dewey Cox have you ever seen walk hard yeah <laughs> do you get the Dewey Cox moment where you're like walk hard and just thump it out <laughs> or like or do you like is it kind of a practice of just like I write every day like how do you go about songwriting
1: no it's it's those moments of like manic inspiration, I guess, you know, to where like he, it just kind of comes to you and it's, even if it's just like the first line of something or I'm messing around on a guitar and it used to be that, you know, that I would play the guitar every day and come up with something that I thought was kind of cool. Right. And then I just kind of kick those, have that music in my head and just kind of kick it around until it was done.
0: Do that makes sense? Like there's no like, I don't know. I know it's a weird question for everybody who writes songs because it's 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 vague and mysterious. And it usually is like inspiration. Like if you don't have anything to write about, you don't write. It's not like stream of conscious, like writing for like, I don't know, creative writing endeavors because there's two layers to it, you know. And uh, from what I've at least picked apart with people who, uh, who write songs, usually it's like the music's there. I found a melody, wrote a narrative off like a song seed, like you're saying. And like which makes sense. But everyone For has like a, a crazy thing to kind of get into that, you know? And Oh uh, yeah. yeah. sure. Like I don't, I don't know
1: that I do. I don't know where they I don't know where it starts. It's just kinda maybe you're watching T V or you're reading something or you're having a conversation with somebody and just one thing that kind of sparks something, you know.
0: Yeah. In the build a- in, in, in kind of being in that, like, writing, capturing, like, this life, like, it, or filtering, filtering it in, in a way, like, when something sparks, that leaves it, like, I don't know, puts you in a particular situation, because you get to appreciate all this random shit that someone may appreciate or may never appreciate, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, that, that, that guy said that thing, and it's been knocking in my brain forever, and I can't get it out into a song yet, but when you do you get to share that like that moment with like with anyone who's willing to listen i guess but like it's it's being in that kind of weird filter state where like things that mean nothing can mean everything in a way
1: yeah yep
0: now like uh looking at like wh- with, the, with the where the beagle club is now like i saw you you have a new song out on uh, on youtube and that video is really well done i don't know who did that but like how the lyric matches up with the text that's prominent to the lyric um, but, uh, is there a new album that's going to be, um, coming together or is that just like, uh, just something that came out during like pandemic times or what are we looking at for like the future of the Beagle Club?
1: That, that song's, that, the video for that song was for a song that's on us. that was released on a split. Oh, okay, in, okay. Yeah. In January. So, um, that video was this guy, Zach Moser, he's a filmmaker, and that's he, he put it together. I sent him the. Yeah. I actually found those awful Twitter things yeah. and, and, requ- and like, just replied to them with the line of the song just in order (laughs) so so that i would have all the. so they it would have made no sense to these people saying these crazy things you know but that's fine but those are real things i mean those are real things real people said and then um so i just would do that and took a screenshot and sent every one of those to zach and uh, a few of those weird little graphics and then he just put them all together that's bad did he found some more of the graphics and he did some of the animation and yeah
0: did you get any weird responses?
1: Nothing. Nothing? Not one. Not Nobody one. said anything.
0: Oh. <laughs> That'd be awesome if they replied to the video, like, down the line. Like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, oh, I wish. I hope so. Um, What was interesting about that one, it, with the song, like, the instrumentation's, like, different. It's like, it's a, what was the approach with that? Because it seems a little more like kind of digital instruments.
1: Yeah. That's me. And I play everything on it. I even did the programming and stuff. And then Davis played a little bit of live drums. I sent him that, and he played it. This was all when everything was locked down. To, yeah. you know, so. And so then Davis um, played some live drums on it. And then he got Kate to record the backing vocals. And we needed Kate to be on it because the split was, it was a four-way split. And one of the artists on it was Joe Jack Talcum from the Dead Milkman. Oh, nice. And Kate... And Kate's favorite band, of all, which is an awesome favorite band. <laughs> Her yeah. favorite band of all time is the Dead Milkman. So I was like, Kate, you got to get on this. It's going to be on a record with the guy from the Dead Milkman. So, yeah.
0: Did you ever play with that, cat?
1: I don't think we did. Okay. I think we, like, played the same, like, multi-day festival or something. But I don't know that we ever played with them. My friend Brooke Pridemore has played with him a bunch of times.
0: Oh, I love Brooke. <laughs> you know Brooke? Yeah, I hosted him once at a... He came through on a Thursday or something, and I, I was running a mic night. But I've met him because uh, he's he's a New York guy, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I met him somewhere in New York. I don't know how we crossed paths, but <laughs> I've hosted him once, and he's awesome. I love Brooke so much, yeah. <laughs> and he's a road dog, too. That guy hustles. Um, yes.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But, yeah, Judge. We've
1: toured together, We've together yeah?
0: many. times. Oh, yeah? It's great. Mm-hmm. Like during one of the, the, the big bands or like uh, just a solo dolo endeavor?
1: He, well, um, both. We, Brooke has toured with the Beagle Club when there was a full band. And then Brooke and I have done some shows together, just the two of us. And then I also had this like country band that was called the Hit and Miss Engines. And it was myself and my friend Dan Oatman and Davis and, and our friend Emmy we were like a country and Western band That's and Dan nice. and I did a, t- did a, did a tour where it was just the two of us. I just played guitar and he played the lap steel and we were both singing. and um, we went with Brooke. So it was the two of us and Brooke once, which was not good. Uh, probably a great experience for Brooke because it was like two against one. <laughs> Whereas with the Beagle club, you'd think it would be that way, but everybody just sort of blends into one big, Blob, so it's okay. But I remember being I remember being a huge pain in in the ass to Brooke (laughs) when it was me and Dan. So Brooke, if you're listening, it's only because we love you, man.
0: Was it um? Well, I mean, touring like that, it's got to be. It's you're you got to go into a different mode. You know what I mean? Of like function and like. So
1: yeah, he said Brooke's a road dog. You know, Brooke's a professional. They're there for a reason you know yeah and and dan i'm usually like happy to be there and i can get like stressed and weird too but can usually get pulled out of it because there's so much goofiness going on you know Right. and dan just i can't overstate this enough doesn't care about anything (laughs) like he just can't (laughs) you you can't rattle him if you want to like you can't he's just the most chill like zen hilarious he's a hero he's my hero I let me say that but Dan cannot be moved <laughs> so if he didn't want to wake up in the morning he wasn't going to you know or if he wanted to just like walk around Chicago and meet strangers and like get drunk on a street corner with these strangers that he met while we're supposed to be playing a show that's exactly what he was gonna do <laughs> <laughs> And so Brooke would get pretty annoyed at this with Dan, and I would be just the middle guy to be like, ah, that's just Dan, you know. So we were probably pretty insufferable.
0: Oh (laughs) man, Uh, that's okay. That puts you in a a tough spot because he's he's with you, and like, what do you mean we got pushed back an hour? We have people in the room; they're gonna leave. Like, oh my god, I
1: can hear. I'm so excited to get to tell this story. Uh, This was in Chicago. Yeah. Dan finally shows up, right? It's just a house show. There's, like, hardly anybody there. Yeah. But, and like I said, this was, like, this, this like, countryside project thing to where neither Dan nor I took it very seriously. But when Brooke was like, do you want to come on tour with me? I was like, well, maybe I'll play this country stuff and just ask Dan and he would come. So that made the stakes even lower. It was just, like, an adventure. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and anyway, Brooke plays their set and then... It was supposed to be us, or it was probably supposed to be us, but Dan wasn't there, so Brooke went. And then it was supposed to be us and Dan's not there. So then like the other like one of the locals played instead. Dan finally shows up. <laughs> and he had found like I said, he found these he found this guy on a street corner that was drinking something out of a like a mason jar. And and so he and Dan just spent some time together with this mason jar. And by the and Dan didn't know where he was, but by the time he finally finds his way back to the place, he gets in there and he's so like out of it that he just sits down and he's trying to plug in his lap steel, which he had found at a dumpster, and it was one of these really old ones that had like a screw like where the 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 cord screws into it it's what? not just like a jack yeah, <laughs> yeah. <it's>... oh god <laughs> so he's trying to do that but he's just like looking at the crowd and telling them the story about meeting this guy and was just like so clearly not interested in anything but like getting back to hanging out with this guy <laughs> then once he finally you know he, he, he screws the thing and he tunes up the the lap still and he can't get it in tune and he's just kind of slurring and he's just like i don't know man (laughs) and i was like thank you good night and like that was our set we didn't play i was like thank you good night that was our set (laughs) we were happy to be there it was fine that's Brooke. on the other hand it's kind of like
0: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) okay One, I totally get what you mean. Like that is someone to admire just to take the moment and be in it and just be happy doing that. Like I probably would find myself in 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 your position, like yeah, we're here, we're doing the thing. I brought them with me. Sorry. Let's try to make it work. Let's make it to the next show and not hate each other. Like that's a that's amazing. Uh, Cause like I, you know, doing that doing those, you never know how they're go- any show, any show, you you gotta you gotta be in that headspace of like, oh my God, you're here, thank you, like you took off this night to be here with us, I'm so grateful for it, and like, just because everyone's got stuff to do and people they 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 love to be with and like they're spending it with you, and like. <laughs> but there's also so something admi- ad- ad- admirable about someone that can just like meet Tom on the street and like totally uh, d- d- see what's in the bag i guess
1: yeah and there would there's no there's no there's no universe where in which I could be like, damn, this is inappropriate get. He would just be like, yeah, okay, yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm sorry if that hurt your feelings, you know, I apologize to you, and, you know, and then you just, you can't even be mad at him, you can't yeah. rattle, you can't be rattled, so Brooke would just, that was, Dan would give him nothing, he'd give him nothing, no matter how Brooke uh, would get frustrated with yeah. him, Dan would give him nothing.
0: <laughs> oh, that's, that's a crazy small world, do you, do you know, do you know Matt Plus? A little bit, yes. okay. Have you played any gigs with that cat? Yes. Okay, cool. Um, I just had, a, I just did a, a talk with him and and hosted him at a show um, not too long ago, and like, oh, uh, cool. yeah, yeah, okay. That's it's just crazy how small the circle runs, and like, uh, yeah, for sure, yeah. He writes really good words,
1: right? He writes really good words. Matt Plus, yeah, I like his he, lyrics.
0: Was it now? Like, it kind of, it's, it's He's interesting because like you're right, his lyrics stick out, and like. And he's got the he's got those like punch lyrics where it's like oh that yeah. line hits and you think about that one line but by the time you finish that there's another one, and you got that with your writing too, um, that's why I, I thought maybe I don't know if you guys crossed past or had a think tank or some shit because like you're both amazing songwriters and you have those punch lyrics too, and it's do you do you kind of think of it like that in a way, because when I was talking with him he he thinks of it as like. As He'd be a busker, and he would he would find a line that he would sing and it would grab people's attention. And like with certain songs, do you find that, or are you just making the narrative fall out?
1: Um, No, I want them to be. Yeah, I want them to be punchlines, yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah. And that's really, that's the most important. Like, having a big band and a big, you know, basically like this orchestra behind you is really amazing and especially cool that that Matt and then the players themselves would really take that and I would just kind of I would present the song the same way that I'd play what you hear on a on the recording for the most part yeah like if you just solo out my voice and my guitar or my piano that's usually how the song shows up to them you know and then it gets and then it's it goes from there. So I put a lot of yeah, my focus on writing on writing the words. I want to be good. Uh, that's what I want to. I want that to stand out, and then also have this big band that's, been, has the parts that stands out too. Yeah, we wanted to do both, but
0: yeah, I think of it that way. Okay. Okay. Because like it it hits that way. The band boosts the impact. It's like the band the band Kamaya Mayo waves your punch or whatever like a nerd analogy I can think of. Um, like it definitely like it. <laughs> Okay, cause like um, what was I was gonna say about that, uh, I, it, it's just like all these levels of it, and I'm like, especially on Saint Paul. So with this, with this like uh, uh split, is there is there goals to come out with a new record and tour with the band or like? Cause I know when you're playing at the Coda, it's it's just you, right?
1: That's right. I'm doing four shows where it's just me, like a four like a long weekend kind of thing. Yeah. And then I'm playing Pooza Fest in Montreal. Okay. Solo, that's a solo set too. That's in May. And then I've got something cooking for August. And it's going to either be me or just me and like a small kind of band. Like it, like maybe it go out as a three piece. Because right now, yeah, me and Davis and Cody have been working together on songs. Just the three of us. Um, in Davis's attic. <laughs> We're just kind of putting them together the the real basic parts of them and then we'll either build it from there was the plan but as we're hearing them back they sound kind of cool just like these small kind of arrangements like this so right i think there's definitely a record coming and what but what it looks like i'm not sure yet because it's always more fun to do it with everybody but everybody's really spread out like emmy lives in washington state and Matt lives in Harrisburg, and he's in the homeless gospel choir. Right. He does the same for them. Like he writes a lot of the music and arrangements and stuff like that. Now that that's like a full band.
0: Did Did you notice that? Because that's like growing up, like with your brother.
1: That that's his thing. Yeah.
0: That like he, oh, yeah. he hears music in this way. Like. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah yeah. And it, yeah. Uh, okay okay. What like kind of? Illness? I mean,
1: he used to. He, he we would even yeah. like. He would be like, we would, we both, were twins. We're identical twins. Um, We're into all the same stuff when we were kids. We got into music at the same time, learned to play guitars at the same time. And then he was just like, you know, so we would just like listen to Green Day records and learn how to play them and stuff like that, you know, and then teach each other the songs. And then at some point, he just veers off into that. He's like, hey, we should learn how to play this Bjork song. There's no guitars in it. And he would be like, no, we can do it like this. And he would like arrange, like, they might be giant songs and Bjork songs and, you know, stuff that (laughs) into these like parts, like pieces for two guitars and two voices, like just for fun, just for us to do in the, in our spare room in the basement. And he just, yeah, he would, he had always done that. Then when we started writing songs together as a band, you know, that would, yeah, always be him. What if instead of going to that court goes here? Or what if everything drops out here and then we bring it back in? And then by the time it got to the Beagle Club stuff, his directions too are not (laughs) – they're this bizarre like coded language. I think that like a lot of people just kind of like look at him, but he'll be like, (laughs) okay, this part I think it should – how about – I want it to everything to drop out here and then it just sounds like a guy's about to get shot out of a cannon. (laughs) And me and Davis will be like, dig. Yep, that's what it does. Got it. <laughs> where everybody else has to be like, you'll have to explain to me what that means. <laughs> it means it sounds like a dude's about to get shot out of a cannon. Oh, okay.
0: And he's green. Oh, of course.
1: Yeah, at least yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> what color's this cannon? You know that, that makes a difference.
0: Yeah. Of course. You know the, the <laughs> red cannon sounds completely different. Oh, that's. But the, okay, to the, the have that mindset is such like a unique thing to hear where parts move, and like mm-hmm. I find as a guy who's like trying to write songs and when you hear it back i get so performance caught up you know what i mean it takes me it takes me a long time to step back from like did i sing that right did i enunciate that word right did i hit that note you know it takes a, it takes a while for me to accept my bullshit so i can hear what the thing sounds like as a as a piece right so yeah, having a it's someone like that who can be like, yeah, that's perfect. I don't care what you did. It's fucking notes. You hit them, but let's drop it out here, and then we're gonna can it, like, right? Did you find that like, like, do you get like kind of caught up like that, like more on a song basis, and like, or were you able to like to kind of just yeah, no, that makes sense. Like layer it like that, okay? Or was that like a process for you as well?
1: No, I think it. I, I picked up on um, where he was with it pretty quick, okay, that's and cool. um, yeah, and and then it that that, wore into me too. So when I would present them a song, like something like. That part where it turns into a little country song in the beginning, in the middle of um. Intro to philosophy, like that was already written when I brought it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I already had those ideas that would do that kind of stuff. Because if I hadn't done it, he probably would have. You know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's awesome.
1: But what's cool about these solo ones, like you, you know, like I said, I'm playing these solo ones, what's, and you were talking too about making them communal. Yeah, is that having so many people in the band and thinking about these songs that way, to be in like kind of enveloped in them, that when I play by myself, the, the challenge, and it's a fun challenge. The point of it, I guess, is to like try to connect to everybody else that's right. there to try to make something happen instead of just like a transactional you know I'm just observing somebody singing and playing songs kind of thing or I'm just looking at people looking at me playing and singing songs you know and to try to make it this thing that's happening together and I've I've gotten to really love doing that when I'm playing solo sets and I know that that comes from I'm looking for that connection that's there when you're playing with eight of your best friends on stage right. when they're not there there's this void that you're trying to fill you know so yeah it's informed that very much too and i think that even this solo stuff and the the quieter stuff that we're doing now still has that you know it's still bringing that kind of stuff in so
0: it's it's because um so part of part of my routine is i play nursing home gigs <laughs> i'll do like acoustic room the room you know or play to a main room and like or or, you know a a group room whatever and like part of what makes that how you're saying not just let me play at you cool see you next week is like that engagement and it's such a it it is such a special thing and like i do when you're when you're with a group you got that us against the world instead of scott pilgrim against the world feel you know what i mean instead of getting (laughs) that like solo like I'm fighting everything, or like trying to bring everything together, and it, it definitely it's it's a skill set that it takes a long time to develop because it's like I'm confident being me, and we're in this together. It's really reading the room. Um, oh, for sure.
1: Do you seeing, find that it Do you find that it's still really hit and miss? Like, are there nights where you just can't do it? You just can't pull it together?
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. if something interesting happens, I like the earlier before. Like, I find that you, if you have, like, a point to share something or just kind of interact with an audience like you're, like, uh, um, like with a person, you know, if you can find one thing where someone's like, oh, yeah, dude, that that is weird. You know what I mean? Like, that that makes it a lot easier to roll into, like, okay, we, we see where you're coming from. But if, if that doesn't happen and I just spend all day, like, uh, editing this or writing or in my head, I find, like, it, it's harder in a way to, like, connect um but yeah I don't know do you like is that is that this kind of do you experience that or what's it been like for you
1: yeah and I'm not sure what makes one different than the other like I'm not sure the factors I can't figure that part out yet that's the part I'm trying to crack because I could be like feeling great getting to a space talking to people there before I play this is going to be really fun. And then getting up there. And before I even play like the first note, just feeling like I'm, I'm they're getting I'm getting nothing here. <laughs> right. Like, and I know you have to kind of make it happen too, sort of, but they're just like, yeah, I can't figure out when it's there and when it's not just yet. And I think that's kind of cool. Like, I don't want to be able to like manipulate people or turn it on and turn it off. Right. You know, but yeah. that's what's been really fun about playing these, these solo sets. And that's again, come out of necessity because everybody's spread out. And then, you know, the world shut down, and then, yeah. you know, we're just getting older and families, and-
0: right? Well, yeah, it makes a lot easier, harder yeah.
1: to, yeah, turn back and play. To those soggy dog days, man. Yeah. This was the only thing that mattered to us in
0: the world, you know. Yeah.
1: So a little easier, when that's the case,
0: definitely. And like, you know, I don't. It it, it is weird because like when you go, it, when you get nothing, it's hard to kind of give that that. Oh well, my day was like blah. Cause if they don't hear you and they're like bar, bar chatter, bar chatter, like, you know, you slowly die inside and like, and, yeah. but then afterwards they're like, Hey dude, you sounded really good. I, where's your album at? Can I down? They're like what? I had no clue. You thought that because you didn't show it at all. <laughs> like Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. That's one thing is like, I've, 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 you can't really define anyone's experience. You know what I mean? Like, cause I would always be like, ah, it sucked, whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? But thanks, man can I,
1: can I tell you this story real quick? My Please. wife my wife went with her her uncle her uncle Jimmy Uncle Jimmy's a very stoic man, okay, right he's cool He's a good man, but he's like stone you know all yeah. the time this little stone face he he was like I, bought, I got two tickets to see Paul McCartney the uh, arena there in Pittsburgh. you want to go with me? Laura's was like, yeah, I want to see Paul McCartney. let's go you know So she said, we went it was just her and uncle Jimmy we went with we pretty good seats. Paul gets up there, plays for two hours, kills it. She's like, He's amazing. He's playing all these old Beatles stuff. He played Lady Madonna. It was great. You know, like he's just and he can see, they played Helder Skelter, and he can still scream like that. It was amazing. She's like, and I'm just like freaking out the whole time. This is the best show I've ever seen, you know. Yeah. Like, but I keep looking over at Jimmy and Uncle Jimmy's just kind of he's just sitting there doing his Uncle Jimmy thing, just yeah. looking at it. So, you know, no expression. I was like, man, he, I know he spent a lot of money on these tickets. I feel bad, you know, but I'm having a blast. So here we go. I'm just going to have a blast. So the show's over and she says, Uncle Jimmy, Theo, thanks so much for bringing me. I, I, I hoped you had a good time. And he just goes, that was the best concert I ever saw in my life. <laughs> And he was totally serious. Like, it, it blew him away just as much as it did Laura. But he just sat, you know. People experience things <laughs> differently.
0: That's that's a beautiful explanation of that. Um, yeah. Before before you boogie, um, what was how did Reverend
1: Red, Reverend Peyton's big damn band? Maybe that's what you're thinking. Of.
0: Oh, that is what I'm thinking of. Goddamn.
1: Yeah. it was awesome. It was awesome. It was at a, uh, a medium sized you know, like little club here in Pittsburgh. That's um, it, but it sold out and it was the first show that I played after like the pandemic. Holy so, like, waiting, yeah, waiting back into it. <laughs> and like, everybody had to have vaccinations and wear masks and stuff. And like, right. it felt okay, let's go, let's do it. You know, it's time to do it again. But like, that was my first show in like three years. That's badass. But, but, yeah. yeah. But, and it went, but it went really great. It was really cool because I don't know that it was really, um, my kind of scene, you know, um, like he had just sort of ZZ top, you know?
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But like, he does this like folky kind of like, uh, and it's all like open tuned, um, slide guitar. Like he's crazy good yeah. at that. It's good. And it's cool. But they asked, you know, the venue asked if I would play it. I said Sure. Hell, and, um, I was really glad I did. It was really cool. I think that there, there was a commonality there and it was that connection kind of thing, you know, cause I went really well that night. <laughs>
0: Was it? That's because okay. Because I saw that, and I saw he was playing at, a, at the grog shop in in Cleveland, and that's why it's stuck in my head. It's just my I don't know. I'm losing I'm losing my mind today. But like um that because I can after listening to uh Saint Paul, I'm like oh I can see that panning out. You know that seems like it'd be a fucking yeah. dope bill. Um, <laughs> but I'm glad that went well, man. That's a that's a great like welcome back show. <laughs> like, yeah, it was awesome. Well, cool, cool, cool. Uh, well, Mike, thanks so much for chatting with me and reaching out i'm so glad you did i'm a instant fan and um i'm excited for your your show at the coda on april 2nd um yeah you're gonna be there i'm gonna try that would be awesome but all right mike well thank you so much man um definitely a fan of of your work and glad we had this convo
1: thank you thanks for
0: having me it was awesome cool beans all right talk to you soon all right
1: later